The scripture today is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflown, overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means, and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us so that we might urge Titus that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. So today is Stewardship Sunday. <clears throat> I normally apologize to the visitors on Stewardship Sunday because you've got to listen to us talk about our financial issues. And our folks are invited to turn in pledge cards at the end of the service. And uh, uh, so it's kind of a lot of in-house stuff. But <clears throat> I also I feel that the conversation is an important part of our spiritual discipline and, and growth and experience. And so I, I pray that uh, whatever is said today will bless you, even if you're not normally a part of this congregation and a part of the ministry we do here. I will acknowledge, however, that talking about money, talking about stewardship, talking about your giving money to this church is a difficult, kind of touchy thing to do. It, uh, it's not... It's not one that we preachers really look forward to. Uh, and it poses a couple of difficult issues. One is that, first of all, you have me up here talking about it. And the problem with that is, is that I'm supported entirely, and my family is supported entirely by the giving of this church. So it's a little, it feels a little self-serving sometimes for me to stand up here. And, and to, can I just be honest about that? It, it feels a little self-serving sometimes to stand up here and, and talk about the giving of the ministry of this church because, uh, uh, quite frankly, that's what put food on my table. So that makes it a little awkward, you know. Uh, another thing is that talking about the practical issues of how much it costs to fund the ministry of this church uh, doesn't seem very spiritual for us to be talking about. I mean, uh, it, you know, it's money, the root of all evil, right? And it's it's very unsexy things like, you know, heating the church and painting the walls and paying for all of those kinds of things. And yet, it is important for us to deal with these very practical aspects of the ministry that we do here. Why? Because this is your church. Uh, as Baptists, for, the, for those of you who are not familiar with kind of Baptist structures, as Baptists, uh, this this facility and this ministry is this institution of this church is owned and operated by all of you sitting in that pew today. It's owned and operated by the members of this congregation. Uh, 
The ministries we accomplish here that touch and transform lives, that help people grow in their walk with Christ, that nurture our children and their children and their children's children, that make this place a gathering place for the community, that is a clearinghouse of world-changing mission work. These ministries are done by all of you. And if you think about it, that's pretty amazing. For 135 years, this institution has been a part of Salt Lake City, completely run by amateurs, right? Completely run. I mean, you know, I'm the only professional in the room, and my job is to, is to equip you to go do the ministry of the church, to help you kind of uh, respond to God's calling. And it's a pretty amazing thing. And we have a close to $400,000 budget. Now, I tell some people that, and they're like, wow, that's a lot. I tell other people that, and they're like, how do you possibly do anything with that amount of money, right? <laughs> so it's all kind of relative, but that's the reality of it. We have about a $400,000 budget, and about half of that comes from other sources, the child care, rentals, foundation contribution, and other things like that. That's unusual, i got to say, to have half of the congregation's expenses paid for outside of the people sitting in the pews, right? Just with the, the resources of the building and other things like that. Most churches do not have that kind of support. That should tell you that your leaders, the people running the church, not me, it's the elected uh, and affirmed leadership that you have here, that have been called into this job, they have done a great job of being creative about finding ways to fund the ministries of this church. Amen? We have wonderful leadership here who really work hard to be good stewards of all that they are entrusted with. The other half, $200,000. I want to give you that number. $200,000 must come from this small band of believers. My Lord, help us all. But $200,000, that's, that's the price tag on the ministry that we do here. And in fact, we could do more if we had more. Amen? And I need to speak with candor here. We have not come up to that kind of support yet. We have not yet reached as a as a community, a giving level of $200,000 that supports the ministry we really have been called to do. We always, we always end up cutting back something in order to reach the level of support that we have represented here. This church averages, by our estimates, around 2 to 3% of your income. That's far from a biblical tithe. The word tithe literally means 10%. So we here at First Baptist give about 2%, 2 to 3%. Of the 120-something families we have active in our congregation, five families support more than 80% of what we do here. Sit with that for a second. Five of you out there support the bulk of the ministry we do here, or the financial aspects of it. Uh, more than half of those families, of the 120-something, have never contributed financially to the church. 
I don't know why. And, but, so then aside from these practical issues, I'm just going to lay that out there for you. Aside from these practical issues uh, of dollars and cents, at the heart of it all is the spiritual side of it all, which is ultimately what we ought to be able to focus on. Because here's the, here's the reality. What we do with our money, how we use it, how we spend it, how we give it, is deeply, deeply connected to our relationship with God. And this is aside from what church you belong to or whatever. What you do with your money is deeply, deeply connected to your relationship with God. Jesus talked about it constantly. Talked about our relationship with money and how it affects our relationship with the God we worship. And in our text today, Paul is addressing a very similar issue within the church. Paul is given the task. He's been tasked by Jerusalem. I don't, I don't even know if they asked him to do this, but he went about doing this, I should say. Paul is out collecting money to support the, the parent church, the mother church, in Jerusalem. And he's been going around, and, and here's Paul's agenda. I'm getting off on a thing. I'm off my notes, so I'm putting my finger right here. But I think it's interesting. Paul, Paul did this to show how important the ministry among the Gentiles were. So this is why I think Paul was kind of going rogue here, is that <laughs> Paul went and collected all this money from non-Jewish congregations that he had started all across the diaspora in Palestine there. So anyway, Paul, I'm, uh, that's just a side note, and it, and it impressed the folks at Jerusalem, i got to say. But Paul here is using the Macedonians in this text as an example of the right attitude about giving. And so it's good for us to kind of examine what are the Ma why are the Macedonians such a great example. First of all, they were not rich. They were not, they were not Episcopalian, right? They were Baptist, <laughs> right? They were not Presbyterian. They were Baptist, right? So they didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> so these good, these good Macedonian Baptists back there, uh, they were not rich. But on the, on the contrary, in fact, they were very impoverished. They had just emerged from a severe trial, which Paul alludes to here. They had just come out of a difficult time. And yet, with overwhelming joy they gave. With overwhelming joy, they opened up their purses and handed out the money. And can I be, let me be completely honest here. Here's a thing that happens. After this sermon today, uh, which might feel like a scolding to some, you know, I just laid some pretty bleak statistics out to you, and it may sound like you're getting slapped around a little bit. That is not my intention at all. But inevitably, uh, after Stewardship Sunday, people come to me, I'm being honest here with you, I'm letting you know what's going on. People come to me wanting to explain why they can't give to the church, right? And um, first of all, there's no need to do that, right? I don't know who gives to the church. You don't have to explain anything to me. I don't know who gives to the church. I don't want to know. I don't look at those records. Uh, those are guarded secrets that only a couple of people do to, in order to, 
to make things happen. But, uh, and quite frankly, I really understand, I understand that giving is a difficult discipline to get into. Pastor Curtis struggles with this discipline himself. I, I really struggle uh, making this a normal part of my, of my life. And so you don't have to explain anything to me. But what I often say to the people who come to me wanting to receive absolution, I guess, is uh, first of all, I give them absolution. <laughs> and, then, and then I say, you know, you know what, it, what, what that is is between yourself and God. But this is what I say. You're missing out on something that is a source of joy in one's faith life. Uh, by not, you know, by, by examining your situation and saying, I just can't give to the church or, or to anything for that matter. It, by examining that and saying, I can't participate in that way, you are missing out on the blessings that come from realigning your relationship that you have with your money and your relationship that you have with God and seeing how those connect to one another. So that's all I'm going to say. to. So you don't, you don't even have to come to confess to me anymore or explain, because that's what I'm going to tell you. Is It's okay, but you're missing out on the blessing that you're going to get through that alignment of that relationship. The other thing is that giving is supposed to give us joy. The Macedonians understood that. Giving is supposed to be something that we we recognize the link that we have between our writing out the check and the way it touches people's lives. And, you know, it's, it's, it's on us, the leadership of the church, to make sure we're conveying what's going on around here in a way that connects those things. But I'm sure if you spend a, even a little bit of time, you will see how powerful and how important the ministry is that we do around here. The other thing is they, the Macedonians, they gave what they were able and even beyond. And that, may, that just basically means they gave sacrificially. They didn't give just what they could comfortably carve out of their budget. They gave until it was a little painful. And they had to really think it through and they had to really work at that now i'm not i know that's a huge that's a huge thing but here's the other thing i would say about that is that they they went beyond the world standards of what giving looks like and and more importantly their gift was transformed into something more than just dollars and cents and what they could give in fact there's something about that we're more together than we are just the sum of our parts and there's there's more going on than just the the bottom line that we receive there there is giving beyond what uh, the dollars say we are uh, they gave on their own and in fact they begged for the privilege they didn't need Paul to stand up and give a stewardship sermon like I'm doing right now. They didn't need a speech because they saw the connection between the ministry that was being accomplished and the money that they gave, and they wanted to participate in what God was doing 
in every possible way with their time, with their talent, and with their treasure. They begged, please, let us be a part of what God is doing in the world around us. Please, don't deny us. Shirley does it. She went, Shirley hands me money all the time. I shouldn't say that, but uh, Shirley hands me money all the time, and when I try to give it back, she says, don't, don't try to take away my blessing. She yells at me. She says, don't try to take away my blessing. You're taking away my blessing. And that's exactly what the Macedonians were doing. They were saying, we want to we be a part of the blessing that's happening here. And so they begged for the opportunity to participate in that way. And that's, I want to make this distinction for us as a church. You know, uh, giving, giving to United Way, giving to NPR, giving to the AIDS Foundation, giving to all of those things, please support those I call them ministries outside of this church that are so important. Give to those. Give to the food bank. Give to the road home. Give to all of those. But that, though, that's charity. That's charity. And it's different than the support you give to this, your ministry that you own and operate here at First Baptist Church, or any church you happen to be a part of. What you give here is not charity, it's participation. It's part of your participation in the ministry that we do here. I, I want you to give your time. I, you know, Jesus wants you. you know. <laughs> Jesus wants you to give your time. Uh, your, all of the wonderful giftedness that you have, your talents, and a portion of your treasure to make the ministry happen here. And uh, I encourage you to do that. Give to charity, but also participate in the ministry here. And giving uh, at a particular level is, is participation in that. And here's probably the most important part. They gave themselves first to Christ, and then they gave. That's the crux right here giving really 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 needs to come from a personal conviction about the message of jesus christ and quite frankly if it comes from somewhere else we'll reluctantly take your money right we'll be reluctant about it we'll take it but we'll be reluctant about it it's a much better gift when it comes through that spiritual connection that one has with christ and the understanding that Jesus is at work here. God is at work in this place and you want to participate in it. Giving yourself to Christ is acknowledging that the good news of reconciliation that Jesus brings us is a unique and special gift from God. And it is so significant that each person in our community deserves a chance to experience it for themselves. And that is what we are giving to. And it is, and if that is not your understanding of the whole role of church, I would encourage you to figure out what the role of the church is. But that's kind of where we're going with that. And come talk to me. These are the kind of conversations I love to have, uh, talking about articulating what the church is about. But at the end of the day, it comes down to one's faith in what God can do with what you are giving and i'm not just talking about money anymore i'm talking about giving your life 
over to something bigger than yourself. Bigger than what you can accomplish on your own. I'm talking about a Holy Spirit thing. I'm talking about God at work in your life, in our life together, and in the world around us. And once you plug in to that Holy Spirit connection to the church, to the work that Christ is doing through all of us together, and once you plug in to that connection that we have with God through Christ, the giving of your money is kind of a natural outcropping of that. Amen? And the giving of your time is a natural outcropping of that. And the sense of call, the sense of being led by Christ to give part of your life, your time, over to the work that God is doing around here is a natural outcropping of that incredible grace-filled, mercy, redemptive, reconciling relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Amen? So today we're, talk, we're asking you to help us in planning by telling us what you plan to give in the coming years. And I hope you prayed about it. Uh, I hope you thought about it. I hope you discussed it with your family. And, and I know people have different ideas about this, but let me encourage you to pick a number. To, and the reason I say that is because it makes it something deliberate. Make, I mean, this is a spiritual discipline. Right up there with reading the Bible and praying. So I, I encourage us all to approach it as a spiritual discipline. To go into prayer and say, God, I want to be deliberate about this. I've looked at my finances. Here's, here's a number that I think is faithful. And write it down. Even if you don't want to give us this for whatever reason, I'm not judging it, for whatever reason, if you don't even want to give us this, I encourage you to write it down anyway. And make it a deliberate spiritual covenant that you have with God. Paul tells us later in this exact same letter, each person should give what he or she has decided in his or her heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I pray that we would all come to a place in our relationship with each other and our relationship with Christ where giving is something that we approach with cheerfulness. And I hope you don't feel compelled by guilt or shame or even any of the pressures I put on you, but only by the love of Christ. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we come to You today and we ask that You would be with us as we seek to support the ministry that we do here. But not only that, God, as we seek to be faithful followers of Your Son, Jesus Christ, faithful with our time, faithful with those gifts that You have given us, and faithful with our money. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. We
Before we sing our final hymn, and uh, what we're going to do is uh, sing our final hymn, and then uh, we'll dismiss. And you're invited to uh, fold up your little yellow pledge card and place it in the cornucopia uh, as you're offering to us. And it really does help us judge, you know, help us uh, be good stewards of uh, the finances here if we kind of have an idea of where the giving's going to go next year. So it's really helpful. Um, but we're going we're gonna to have a prayer for the giving and the ministry of this church. So join me in prayer. Loving God, we dedicate this church, the ministry we do, and the money that is entrusted to us to Your care. We ask God that You would help us to discern the ministries that You have called us to be involved in. Help us to feel a sense of Your leading and may we be responsive to the vision You have given us for what You want to do here in Salt Lake City and around the world. And may we be about that. And even now, God, we are thankful for the opportunity to give not only out of our resources, but to give ourselves over to You to be used to be utilized, to be put to work, that Your love, Your redemption, Your reconciliation, Your mercy and Your grace, and Your healing power to bring wholeness into the world might be shared throughout. We thank You, and we ask that You would bless us all as we go from this place. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.